Welcome to the Decode Fintech Podcast brought to you by Paystack. I'm your host, Khadija, product lead at Paystack. The Decode Fintech Podcast is where people building Africa's financial infrastructure share what they're seeing on the front lines. It's everything from what's working to what's not and what's coming up next. In each episode, an operator shares insights on how they're handling everything from product development to marketing in some of the world's fastest changing business environments. Today, I speak with Yemi Atanda, the group head of ePayments at Guarantee Trust Bank, about GTB737, their wildly successful USSD service. Yemi shares with us the origin of 737, from how they selected the specific numbers 737, to the catchy radio jingle, and even the branded hand fans that have helped introduce the financial product to everyday Nigerians. Now, let's head over to Yemi. Hi, Emmy. Hi, Khadija. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for having me today. And thank you for, you know, gracing us with your presence. I'm highly honored. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Jumping right in and starting with you as a person. Digital banking, right? How did that happen? Like, how did you even start your career in banking in Nigeria? Let me start by saying that I have a background in engineering. It's so amazing when I think of the journey myself. Wow. A background in mechanical engineering, wow. actually. So that's so so very, very far away from computing, from digital and all of that. But right from school, I've always had a lot of interest in computers and what you can do with them. And that influenced even the projects that I did in school. And right after, I would say I've never really practiced mechanical engineering for one day. <laughs> I've always been in the uh, computing, e-business, digital banking space. That dates back to almost 20 years now. Wow. Yeah, so I've done all sorts in that space, right from the pioneer internet banking platform in Nigeria to the closest form of mobile banking. I mean, even right before the likes of M-Pesa started in Kenya. So we've always tried to do something here. I think my, my first job in banking uh, it's in the bank that is defunct right now. Okay. Yeah, so I can't mention names. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, we did quite a number of things in that space. I, mean, I don't know if anybody knows about Flash Pay Cash. Uh, yeah, not so, to betray okay. my age. Really, <laughs> but yeah. So Flash Pay Cash, I was one of the primary team that started that mm-hmm. in the country at that time. Um, I think that was the very first attempt at mobile banking, at form. mobile money, yes. at some kind of wallet mm. in Nigeria. And um, from there, I've done, even across banking, beyond banking, I've done um, payment processing in some other organizations. And here I am today, GT Bank. <laughs> right. So like for, for GT Bank specifically, how long have you been here for? Uh, I think I've been here for, to make it sound like a long time. <laughs> I've been here for a little above half a decade. Oh, yeah? wow. <laughs> so that's just making sound long. It's not, it's not been too long. Just about six years. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. And in that time, somehow, the bank has managed to build, like, one of the biggest USSD platforms in Nigeria. So 737, as it were, is pretty much a household name for anybody that carries out any form of digital banking services. For the purpose of like the people listening in, could you just tell us like what is USSD and how did 737 become a thing? Okay, so I'll I'll step back again uh, because it's always good to put it in context. Yeah, 737 did not happen by accident. 
it's a product of several steps and iterations that led to that. Yeah. In fact, several learnings, actually. Because we started first and foremost by looking at uh, how do we digitize payments in Nigeria. I think sometimes around seven to eight years ago, the CBN released the first set of mobile, mobile money licenses. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And um, for us as a bank, we decided to go into mobile money from an app-based perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But at that time, there are a number of smartphones, and um, we felt that it's it's it, the smartphones will give a richer experience, if I can call it that. So we developed the mobile money application. But Nigerians, being what we are, we're always very different about the way we, <laughs> we look at things. So the average Nigerian is not thinking of having a wallet. Right. But it's thinking of having a proper account. So it doesn't want to have an account somewhere and then now move money from the account to a wallet before it can do all the things it wants. They want to, send, exactly. they want to spend directly from this account. Yes. Yeah. yes. So we learned that lesson. And so we moved from just having a basic mobile money application to having an application that would double vote for mobile money for mobile banking. I see. The difference being that mobile banking allows you to interact with your account mm -hmm. on a mobile phone mm -hmm. using an app. Yeah. So we had an app that had two sides to it. Okay. Yeah. So we learned very quickly that we're actually cutting out a lot of Nigerians by limiting ourselves to smartphones, mm -hmm. limiting ourselves to apps. Yes. And we asked ourselves, what is it that is common to all Nigerians? All of us have mobile phones. And we have to keep that mobile phone alive for one reason or the other. So the only way to keep it alive is to buy a scratch card or buy some kind of printed voucher and key in the code. Mm -hmm. So how can we take that behavior and replicate it in the financial sector? So we thought of applying for a USSD code from the NCC. Okay. It's a laborious process. I mean, <laughs> it, it still is something that, but, but I mean, it's, it's okay because... Um, According to NCC, USSD codes are actually national assets. So you cannot be irresponsible with the way you use it yes, out. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh -huh. By the way, USSD is unstructured supplementary service data. Mm -hmm, yeah. mm -hmm. So um, we approached NCC and we got this USSD code 737 through a, a series of iterations. 247 was one of the ones we wanted. Because oh, wow. 247 is easy to remember. Yeah. Yeah. We wanted 707. Wanted 007. Yeah, like James Bond. Yeah, right? <laughs> we wanted this kind of numbers that people could relate to. We wanted 635. Oh, wow. Because that's our head office. Exactly. We wanted 365. But for one reason or the other, we couldn't get any of those. And the closest we got was 737. Mm -hmm. So the journey started. First thing is how do we get customers to change their behavior? Now you are asking them to use USSD for banking. Yes. Not for loading their phone. Exactly. Yeah. The first thing we did was to develop an avenue for them to use that code to top up their phone. So, so replicating the same airtime model? Exactly. So instead of buying a code and typing star 555 star mm -hmm. that code mm -hmm. ash, just do star 737 star the amount you want mm -hmm. ash. And the airtime will get and to your airtime phone. And the airtime gets to your phone. So the phone that is initiating the transaction. Exactly. Yeah. So we experimented with that around H1 2014. Wow. Yeah, H1 2014. And it was explosive. It was an instant success. In the first month, I think we sold 
in that first month more than what we had sold for the whole of the year on the other platform. Wow. In 30 days. So that encouraged us. That is amazing. And we took it one step further. In the, in, the, in the midst of all of this, I think one major thing to learn is that you have to put the customer at the center of every, des- every design that mm-hmm. you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have to think of the customer first, how will the customer perceive it, mm-hmm. and how, is it, how, how are we going to be able to communicate it very easily to the customer. So it was easy to communicate to them to use it to top up their offer. So the next level is to teach them how to use it to top up for somebody else. Someone else's phone. So, and that's how we came to experiment with third-party airtime purchase towards the end of 2014. Hmm. It's a journey. <laughs> yeah. So the whole of 2014 was all of that experiment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Moving into 2015, people had gotten more comfortable with it. We had um, taught them how to also authenticate the transaction. At that time, don't laugh at this, with the last four digits of their card, because that was very, very open. But again, the question is, what is it that everybody will remember? Okay. They okay. had a debit card. Mm-hmm. They already used the debit card on the ATM and on POS. So it's easy for us to say, use something that's on your debit card. Mm-hmm. Six digits is too long for the average Nigerian. Yeah. Yeah. So we said, use last four digits. Of the card number. Of the card number. Okay. The debit card. Okay. Now, in retrospect, I mean, that wasn't a smart thing to do, but it was the easiest way to also get customers in. So... 2015, we experimented with, okay, so now we can use it to buy airtime. Can we actually use it to move money from one from account, account to the other? To another. That's why it starts getting tricky. Exactly, yeah. So, again, another long string, star 737, star whatever, star the amounts, star the, the account, account number. number. of the person you want to send it to. Yes, you. yes. Actually, we asked ourselves, how do people think? I think... I want to send 5,000 Naira to Khadija. Mm-hmm. Not I want to send Khadija 5,000 Naira. Something <laughs> as simple as, as that. So, and that's what informed the sequence. I want to send this amount wow. to this account number. So, in order to make it, to make our customers feel very happy, we split GT bank transfers from other bank transfers. Okay. So, star 77, star 1, star 500, star it just bank account, account number, number. Mm-hmm. and just goes directly to that account. Mm-hmm. For other banks, star 77, star 2, star that other bank account number. Okay. And now shows a list of Bank. banks. Right. So right. for other banks, you, you take one extra step. Yes. But for our customers, because we love them so much. <laughs> so we have to shorten the journey for them. Of course. Nothing to do with technology. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So and you, you see really most of the things that has to do with product development are soft issues. Mm-hmm. And that's where a lot of people make a lot of mistakes. You don't think of technology first. You think of the customer first. Right, You right. think, what well, what is best for the customer? I see. And not really what is best for you. So you put yourself in the position of the customer. So that's our journey. Mm. And the rest of it is story. Today. <laughs> so you would say that the actual launch of 737 was in 2014? Yes, it was. It, really it hasn't been that long. It was, yeah. It seems like it's been around forever. I feel it, like I grew up with it's, 737. It's, it's, it's actually sometimes 2014. We, wow. we got the, the codes late 2013. Wow. Okay. Okay. So all the works are all of that. Let us hmm. see this. Now, just listening to the journey of how this solution has gone through several iterations and evolved towards what it is today, I'm curious as to 
the science behind it or the technology, if you will, was there like a model that you applied in thinking? You know how people use design thinking methodology yeah. or standard agile processes or all whatnot, or some fancy technology that you had to purchase to make this all possible. So like, what was that? You know what you say behind the scenes? Yeah, like, yeah. Ah, what, what, what does behind the scenes look like? Okay. Okay, for, for us in, in digital banking, e-payments, I mean, that's the aspect of, of digital banking that we work in. Innovation is almost spontaneous mm -hmm. for us. The model we use is the human-centered design approach. Right. But right about that time, we, we got an award from a donor body that allowed us to work with um, some companies that have used HCD before. So, so based on that, it made the journey a little bit easier for us. Mm -hmm. So it's human-centered design, essentially. That's very helpful to hear. And like, was most of the actual implementation done in-house or did you have to contract like some external engineering teams to build out the solution? The core of it is in-house. Okay. Of course, because it's a telco-based solution, mm -hmm. you need to collaborate with people in that space. Yeah. So we have our technical partners that are used to how telcos work. Mm -hmm. But the core of the engine is, is built in-house. Internally. Okay. That's good to hear. And then I know that, so from what you've said, um, started out with airtime purchases, moved to transfers, and now there's like a gazillion and one things that, you know, you can use 7374. Yeah. But what's like the, not primary, what's like the biggest um, service that people still use it for? Okay. You can guess. Airtime. <laughs> of course. <laughs> it's our life. Wow. Airtime is our life in all shapes and forms and formats. I know, right? Airtime, data... That's it, really, hmm. basically, because hmm. you can you can do without transferring money. Exactly, maybe. especially if you don't have money. <laughs> <laughs> but you cannot do without airtime using your phone. Hmm. And for as long as the phone is talking, someone is buying airtime. Right. So it's airtime. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. And like, so when you look at your airtime business or everything generally. Um, how do you define the critical success factor in terms of metrics? So how do you say, oh, we're doing really well or we're not doing really well? Is it how much airtime you sell? Is it um, the number of users? Just, you know, some stats that you track and hopefully can share with us. Okay. Um, I'll start by saying that um, we don't see ourselves as doing well. Oh, wow. Because there's so much headroom. So, so much headroom. Mm. In fact, we literally flog ourselves every day to say, what else can we do to get customers on this journey? Uh, on confirmed stats, I think that the average monthly hair time sales across this industry will be in the neighborhood of 150 to 250 billion across all the networks, mm -hmm. unconfirmed. Mm -hmm. But of all of that, I'm not sure that we're doing more than 10 to 15 percent as VTU, as the whole industry, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. beyond even the back. Yeah, a lot yeah. of it is still with scratch cards. Exactly, yeah. Like that, yeah. So people tell me that I don't see umbrellas on the road again. I don't see the balance that sell. But in reality, when you leave Lagos, exactly. yeah. that's still what happens. But when you leave the center of Lagos, that's still what happens. So the question we keep asking ourselves every day is how do we fill this end room? Mm. But to measure anything, I'm sure that customer adoption is the best way to measure yourself, really. Mm -hmm. How many customers actually use this service? 
And when we look at these numbers, it's nothing compared to what we can do. Wow. It's nothing. It's, it's a very tiny fraction. Is it a fraction you're willing to share? No, I'm not at liberty to share. <laughs> but, I mean, but it's very, very, you can take it from me that it's a very small fraction. That's compared to um, the overall account base. Exactly. Even within the bank itself. Yes. And even beyond that, compared to the number of users exactly. in the country as a whole, it's a I very, see. very small fraction. I see. And I think that's, that's a work that is cut out for all fintechs, all banks, yeah. all mobile money operators. We have to figure out how to include more people. Hmm. Hmm. Because financial inclusion is one level. Yeah. Then digital financial inclusion is another, another level. Another one. And we we should not think of the two of them in isolation. Then the, the the complete journey is to think of financial inclusion from a digital financial inclusion perspective. Perspective, right? But that's the only way you can reach the last mile very quickly. Wow, this is very insightful. Thank you. Thanks for that. Hi there. This is Khadija. We'll head back to our guest in a second, but I wanted to take a quick moment to tell you about what we do at Paystack. Paystack powers payments and growth for high-performing businesses and fintechs in Africa. Businesses such as RenMoney. You know those moments when you need a quick helping hand to cover a personal or even business expense? With RenMoney, you can have easy access to up to 4 million Naira in 24 hours without collateral and even as a first-time borrower. RenMoney has a strong track record in the lending industry, giving out over 200,000 loans and counting to both businesses and individuals. Visit paystack.com slash rentmoney to learn more. Once again, that is paystack.com slash rentmoney. And now, back to the show. When you look at 737 and harmonize that with the bank's objective, who do you see as the typical persona that you should target for this service? Okay. That's a tricky one. Because we set out to say that USSD will only be used by people that are not very <laughs> literate, barely numerate, mm-hmm. are not in the cities. <laughs> but what we have seen is that USSD is being used by everybody. Yeah, yeah. I, I use a, I mean, a smartphone, and I know that I do more of USSD on my smartphone. Than, than a mobile app. Mm, mm. It's just way simpler. Yeah, because you know? it's almost intuitive. Exactly. It's intuitive. In fact, what we now discovered was that more of the sophisticated people were taken to USSD. Than even than... the underbank. <laughs> yes, exactly. Wow. But, but I think it's also a matter of positioning, really. So as we go through the journey of data financial inclusion and position it rightly, we'll see more people Hmm. from that bottom of the pyramid. Taken to it. Yeah. Interesting. And I think so, you know that um, 737 song that was like a jam? Yeah, I'm sure people had it, it on their phones. Song. <laughs> <laughs> who, who came up with that? What was the inspiration behind that song? You see, the beautiful thing about GT Bank <laughs> is that when we decide to do something, everybody just goes after Mm-mm. it. I mean, as, the entire bank Mm-mm. just goes after it from every part of the bank. Now, um, it would interest you to know that the executive director of that song is my head himself. Oh, wow. <laughs> because, I mean, he is a very passionate person about this, about everything he does, really. Huh. And he literally engineered and unpicked virtually everybody that cast that, that song. 
alongside with our communication um, team as well. Yeah, right? so it's it's a it's a it's a team effort that's led by the MD himself. Yeah, interesting. So you can imagine why it's it's such a success. Mm, yeah. mm, mm. So it's safe to say that your MD doubles as your chief marketing officer. It's everything. <laughs> It's everything from chief digital officer to chief marketer officer to it's everything. Wow. So it's an amazing guy. And how do, how do you guys deal with, you know, the approach um, that is most relevant to marketing this service to the target demography, which in this case, like you've said, um, was primarily assumed to be, you know, the underbanked or financially underserved, but has now turned out to be something that pretty much everybody uses. Um like, what's that? How, how do you guys think about marketing from that perspective? Okay, yeah. Um, you will have seen some of our collaterals around. Of course. Yeah. So, and that can also give you an idea of how we, I mean, how we think about this. Mm. Um, it is, it's a product that is meant to be a utility, okay. like a fast-moving consumer good. Yeah. And so it has, it has to be marketed that way, the way you market um, I don't want to mention brands here. <laughs> I mean, the daily needs that we use. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So that's what informed marketing into with the hand fan. Yeah. Our very popular hand fan. Yeah, Most especially at the... Yeah. What's it called? The food festival? Every gathering where there's... Where, there, where you see people. Yeah. You try to see the hand fan there. Yeah, that yeah. is true. So uh, for us, that, that's a utility that is relevant in this part of the world. Exactly. Gives you a lot of surface area hmm. to write a lot of things. So those kind of creative ways that will get to the customer very directly. I can because you are, you are actually trying to change the voice of a nation. Exactly. exactly. So, so you have to be as close to them as possible, hmm. as detailed as possible. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I can definitely see aspects of like human-centered design, even the way you approach marketing. Yes. Um, just like bringing it close to the people, like what would you use anyway? Use the same thing, but from seven three seven. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Interesting. And then I know that Nigerians are very security conscious. I mean, we're reading the news which day about how a lady like held the entire bank branch to ransom because some of her money had gone missing. Yeah. Um, what sort of security measures do you have in place to, I guess, mitigate fraud? Okay. Um, as you think about scaling this service across even more people. Okay. So um, the the some platform is built on the backbone of our security architecture. Let's go. I mean, we are very security conscious um, organization mm -hmm. because because of the kind of giant leaps we take in digital banking. So that has made us invest a lot yeah. in that, yeah. right from people to technology to approaches and processes yeah so something is built on top of all of that mm -hmm. but in very specific terms the cbn has also been very helpful okay in showing direction in terms of the minimum expected security level that you can have okay. for the service so it's actually at the at the core of it is it's a two-factor authentication platform okay yeah because a combination of what you have which is your phone yeah which mm -hmm. is your phone your sim actually mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. And what you know, which, which is your is pin. pin. Yeah. Right. So, and anywhere in the world, that's a minimum standard expected mm -hmm. for security. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, self someone meets that, that standard. Mm. And that's what gives us a lot of confidence to also tell more people about it, put more services on it. Exactly. Really. Yeah. We manage the rest with limits and all of that. So, that's interesting. That's it. yeah. Is 737 
in existence outside of Nigeria? And if no, are you thinking about doing that? Okay, yeah. So what we do in Nigeria, we also try to achieve other in markets. other countries, mm -hmm. depending on the regulations in that country. Of course. Yeah. I know because of the nature of the service, it cuts across two major industries, the telco and banking. banking. So yeah. everywhere you go, you always need to have the buy-in of the regulators of the telcos and the regulators of banking. Correct. In those countries. Mm -hmm. So directly to your question, yes, we do have it in one form of variant okay. in some of our other um, subsidiaries okay. outside of here. Okay. The place where we don't have it, we are still engaging okay. with the regulatory authorities. Mm -hmm. We believe that the demographics of Nigeria is typical of the rest of Africa. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the way to reach Africa very quickly is treat through the mobile as basically as possible. Huh. Yeah. That's good to hear. Um, I was just going to say that um, it's been said that a lot of countries on the continent are so fragmented that there are entirely different sets of rules operational in each of those countries. So where Nigeria has like ABC, you move across the border and it's XYZ. So replicating some of these services are not as straightforward. Yes. But like you've said, you're spending a lot of time and energy on those engagements that are relevant to make it a reality, yes, which, is, which is good to yeah. hear. Uh, just a couple more questions. Yeah. Um, in rolling out this service, right, what sort of trends have you observed in terms of the behavior of your customer base? So thinking about a time when there was no USSD banking, yes. um, and then comparing that with now, where everybody just like buys their time and sends money with 737. Yeah. Um, what are some insightful or surprising, if you will, patterns of behavior that you've observed? Some individuals will buy 100 naira head time, oh. three times a day. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. In the days of scratch card, I know that's, that, that wasn't the behavior. Mm, yeah. Mm, mm, you had mm. to make up your mind how much you want to spend in a day <laughs> and then go out one time and buy it. Wow. But because you know you have access. Yeah. And you can get it in the night. You can get mm. it during the day. You can get it on a public holiday. Exactly. So instead of putting all your money on hair time, you okay. buy just in time. Mm, mm, mm. And that's, that's a behavior that we find very, 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 very interesting, really. Huh. That what people just need is access, really, simplicity. Yes. Yes. And more money will stay in the bank. That is true. If you give people access to it. Huh. I mean, what people, what's the, the reverse thinking is to say, if you give people access to picking their funds out of the bank, then you just want to take it out. out. But that's not true. They only feel safe when their money is there. Mm. What makes them take it out is when they feel that at the time they need it, they won't, they won't have access, access to it. it. So if you give them access to it, the money is just going to be there. Huh. So that's one of the very interesting things we've learned interesting. in this journey. So it comes down to trust. If exactly. I trust you to help me achieve what I'm trying to achieve at the time I need to, then it's okay. I'll trust you with my life. Well, if basically. not, I'm just going to take my money and keep you under my bed. That's it. <laughs> interesting. And then how do you see the evolution of 737 over the next two, three, five, ten years? Ah. <sighs> Do you want an honest answer? Yes. <laughs> Please. I think USS is not going to be here forever. Hmm. That's the sad truth. It's not going to be here forever. Interesting. Um, at least not in this shape and form that we see it to be. Okay. Yeah. Because 
the second-hand market for smartphone is very vibrant in Nigeria. The average price of a smartphone is crashing. Coming down. I think we did during the Black Friday we sold some of some some smartphones as as low as five thousand naira. Wow. In dollars, that's how much now. That's a little below twenty dollars. Mm. Yeah. And that price will still keep coming down. The middle class, or don't let me say the middle class, the younger generation, some of them are just coming out of school. They're picking their first jobs. They're buying smartphones. Yes, for the first time. They're asking for a richer experience. Huh. USSD gives you rich in terms of breath. Mm, mm. But smart apps give you depth in terms of richness. People are asking for, for a richer experience. Customers are demanding for more. They're asking for personalized experience. You can't do a lot of that on your system. SSD, yeah. I see. So it won't have this kind of popularity like this forever. Of course. Yeah. Of course. So, but what I can say for sure is that USS is still going to be the channel for the bottom of the pyramid individual to first experience digital banking. Mm. And when it comes in through that, through that angle, it can begin the exploration to move towards more sophisticated more, services. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. So as you get more people away from that bottom of the pyramid, the numbers start to shrink or at least become diverted into something else. Exactly, yeah. And I think that's a challenge that all of us have, really. Hmm. To quickly bring people in and move them in that direction. Interesting. Wow. This is, this is insightful. I don't think I've heard it being expressed this way before. Um, there's a lot of, you know, hype, if you will, around yeah. USSD. Yeah. But just understanding that it exists today because it's the easiest way to access these services. Exactly. But as human needs evolve, I mean, just like Maslow said, I'm going to want more. Yeah. And I'm going to go after more. Exactly. And then people that are experimenting for the first time will discover yourself and be like, oh, wow, I can do this. While others, you know, just sort of gravitate towards the more um, personalized services. Precisely. Like That's what we have as human wow. beings. Interesting. I think the digital banking space in Nigeria is still very young. Yeah. There's still a lot of room to go. Yes. And it's going to be a series of collaborative efforts. Definitely. That will get us there. Um, from a regulatory perspective, from the players themselves, and also we must be ready to learn a lot from the customer. Mm -hmm. The customer is the one leading us on this journey. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We are not the ones leading the customer. Exactly. So those are things that are very important for us to make a success of digital financial inclusion in Nigeria. At scale. At scale, yeah. yeah. That's it. Oh, wow. So my final question, and this is something that we ask everybody that comes on this okay. show. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite go-to snack? You know how you're hungry at like 1 a.m. Wow. And then you wake up in the middle of the night and you're like, oh my God, I just really have to have this. Wow. What's that one thing that when you're sad, when everybody's annoying you in the office and somebody just presents it to you, you're like, ha, all is well in the world again. Wow. Yes. Now I really have to think. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm not a foodie. So oh. I'm, like, I'm, not, I'm not a foodie. Huh. Um, okay. Is pounded yummy snack? It's it's actually a very heavy meal. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. if I if I need to snack on anything at all, hmm. uh, 
there's something they call uh, it's it's a fancy name for 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 something very old. Okay. They call it kulichin. What is that? Okay. <laughs> I don't know whether you know Kuli Kuli. Yes. Exactly. Oh. Yeah. So that's a, that's a, a, a nice way to package it. So I love those kind of natural stuff. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So like um, like that, like Kuli Kuli, like uh, Kokoro. Do you know what they call Kokoro? I know Kokoro. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Those kind do they of things. Still, where do you get that? Some guys have actually done a fantastic work of repackaging it. Huh. Very awesome job. You will wow. love it. Reminds me of when I was a child. Yeah. <laughs> Please define Kuli Kuli for our non <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so, so that, that, that's a snack that is made out of granite. Mm, mm. Granite that is ground, squeezed. You squeeze out the oil. Exactly. You fry it a little bit. Yes. With some spices? With some spices. Yes. With some maybe pepper, ginger, exactly. oh, wow. garlic. Now I'm hungry. You, you make it into small shapes, either round shapes or flat shapes. And you just package it, that's all. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and cook. Kokoro mm-hmm. is made out of maize. It's oh. made out of maize. Yeah. Ground, huh. molded, fried. As well. As well. And very delicious. Okay. I, I hope there's some at your desk because we're going back there. Now. You just might be lucky. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Yemi. This was Thank very you. exciting. Thank, Thank you for your time. Um, you. It's amazing to see all the work that. Um, you guys are doing with 737. Um, yeah, we're essentially changing behavior, which is the real disruption that yes. everybody talks about. Yeah. Um, hopefully, we'll get to chat again soon. And then all of us will just continue to experience the service as it is yeah. and look forward to that future. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. Yay! That brings us to the end of today's show. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, Please share it on social media with the hashtag DecodeFintech. I'll be keeping an eye out on that hashtag and responding to the most interesting comments and questions. To find out about new episodes, please subscribe to the Decode Fintech email newsletter. Every week, we share a tightly curated debrief of the most important fintech news from around the continent, along with jobs, events, and so much more. To subscribe, kindly visit DecodeFintech.com. Once again, that's DecodeFintech.com. Decode Fintech is brought to you by Paystack, the company that helps Africa's most successful fintechs build powerful and scalable financial service products with the industry's best documented APIs. Please visit paystack.com fintech to find out more. I'm your host, Khadija. Catch you on the next episode and thank you for listening.